1: You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Welcome inside another crossover edition, this for week seven between the Packers and Washington football team. I am, of course, Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. Joining me, co-host of Locked On Washington football team, David Harrison, David, uh, there is a lot going on in Washington. A lot of it has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. Um, we will We will stick mostly to what is going on on the field because I think that's the that's the thing that that Packer fans certainly care about the most. and and your listeners, I'm sure have heard you uh, talk a, plenty about Sean Taylor and Dan Snyder and what's going on over there. But I think the biggest thing that stands out is this was a defense last season that really played good football Chase Young and Daron Payne and Montez Sweat and all these guys getting after quarterbacks they add William Jackson in the offseason this is going to be a lockdown group and it has been anything but this season so what the hell's going on yeah i mean i think a little bit of it was a little overselling you know and and
0: uh you know a lot of that is is done obviously in the media you know we have we have a, a nature to to look at things on paper and try to uh, to kind of imagine what they could be versus what maybe they will be. Um, and that's, you know, I think it's a natural point of things. When you look at the roster, like you said, the addition of William Jackson, uh, Landon Collins is a guy who, you know, a lot of people still kind of look for that Pro probable uh, type of maybe, you know, uh, flirting with all pro caliber type of talent. He's just not there. Uh, I don't know if he was ever really truly there, but he's, de- he's definitely not there now. Uh, and then you have a first round draft pick on the defense for the second straight year. So Uh, defensive line with four first round draft picks on. And so it's just it's it's very reasonable to expect that this unit uh, is going to perform a lot better. But then as we've kind of come to find out and as we've come to watch last year's competition really wasn't all that, you know, you don't want to be too disrespectful, but it wasn't as tough as it's going to be this season, especially with a first place schedule after winning the division. But you won the division to seven and nine. So, you know, the old adage of you are what your record says you are. Well, you're seven and nine. And even if you're seven and nine with a good defense, you're still seven and nine with that good defense. So you come into this year with a first place uh, schedule, and you're going up against the NFC South. And, and let's be completely honest with you—you uh, you know, the, the Saints and the Panthers have both uh, looked better than you know maybe a lot of people have expected them to. Now uh, they obviously lose that game to the to the Saints, and then you know you've got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers, uh, obviously coming up. You've got the Bucks coming up. I mean, the schedule this year was just—it's it, a murderer's row for any team to face, let alone a seven and nine first place team. But, you know, the the franchise themselves didn't really do themselves any favors either. I mean, Ron Rivera talked about, you know, shooting to have one of the best defenses in the league. Chase Young talked about how they feel like they could be the best defense in the league. So a lot of times you hear people talk about, well, that's just outside noise. We've heard Aaron Rodgers with the relax. That's all outside noise. That's not what's happening inside the organization. Well, inside Washington, they were thinking they were going to be the best defense in the NFL, too. So in this situation, they kind of bit off a little bit more. uh, I think that they can chew but they have done better the last couple of weeks taking advantage of, of opportunities. Two takeaways against New Orleans Saints, three takeaways against Kansas City Chiefs could have been for the real problem here in the last two weeks and two very winnable games for the Washington State football team has been the offense.
2: Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you about that because I, I want to talk more in depth about the offense in a second, but I was just, before we jumped on here, I was I was going through just player for player. Yeah. I mean, this defense is so talented, especially that front, the front is as deep as any front has in terms of inside, outside pass rush, uh, you know, penetrators inside. And then you look at the secondary, William Jackson, Kendall Fuller. I really like St. Juice coming out of the the draft. You mentioned Landon Collins. Like there's a lot of talent on this team. What is it that, that is, is causing them to not play to that talent? Because I know, I understand uh, opponent is a big part of this, but I mean, they've given up 30 plus in four straight games.
0: Yeah. Communication. I mean, communication is the biggest part of it. And I think that's where the biggest breakdown is, is is people, one, not being where they're supposed to be. And then when other people are communicating with them to be where they're supposed to be, uh, they're not really taking that kind of guidance. Uh, You saw that against the New Orleans Saints. There was a play uh, the Deontay Harris, big touchdown pass from Jameis Winston um, Mm -hmm. that really kind of got the whole thing started going sideways. Uh, uh, It was Bobby McCain playing free safety, Landon Collins, a strong safety, trying to disguise their coverage where in this coverage, Landon Collins was the single high safety. Bobby McCain was going to come off of his high position and fall back down onto a route. Landon Collins was then going to be left as a single high safety. So in order to disguise this, Landon Collins got about five yards from the line of scrimmage. And if you know anything about Landon Collins, you know he ain't fast. Um, so when he comes off of his in-the-box position, you see Bobby McCain calling to him saying, hey, get back, get back, and Landon Collins literally waves him off. When I say wave him, I mean he literally takes his hand and essentially says, shush, child, I got this. Um, (laughs) The ball gets snapped. Landon Collins tries his best to get back into the depth of the field. Deontay Harris is already by him before he even has an opportunity to get there. And it's just a miserable play. And it's, you know, is Landon Collins playing out of position? Um, I can't imagine that Jack Del Rio said, hey, here's a good idea, guys. Let's disguise Landon Collins' single high by putting him on the line of scrimmage against a team with nothing but speed receivers. If that's the case, then maybe Jack Del Rio uh, should consider another profession. So I don't believe that that's Jack Del Rio's call. I think that's Landon Collins' call. And then his teammate is literally out there pleading with him, saying, dude, that's not the right decision. Let's be smart here. And he says, no, I got this, the I and team. And they get burned for a huge touchdown, one of two big first-half touchdowns that honestly could have both been prevented, the, the second one being the Hail Mary, which you hate to pile too much on a guy, but Landon Collins in the end zone for that play is behind the play. So he's at the, the intended receiver or receiver going up for the Hail Mary in front of, of him so he doesn't have position but he pushes a guy in Kendall Fuller who does have position in front of the receiver out of the way and then you know uh, Marquez Callaway ends up landing on Landon Collins in the end zone for Hail Mary touchdown so just two really bad plays where Landon Collins essentially looking out for himself while doing what Landon wants to do and I think as a result you saw a dramatic uh, downturn in his snaps uh this last Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs still a loss but not nearly the, the communication and coverage blown problems that we've seen in weeks past.
2: So you mentioned this offense and that being part of the problem here. They've also been banged up along the offensive line. Where do we stand now in terms of injuries? I know it's early in the week still, so we yeah. don't have like full practice reports on this, right. but they've had issues. Brandon Scherf's been hurt. Sam cosme has been hurt. So what, where does this offensive line stand now? Who who can we expect to see out on the field come Sunday?
0: Uh, definitely not Sam Cosme. I don't have any any hopes of Sam Cosme is going to be playing their second round rookie who's been playing, I think, better than anybody expected coming out of training camp and preseason. Really he got worked. In uh, training camp in preseason, quite often has done uh, an admirable job. To be quite honest, you have this right tackle there. Uh, uh, Brandon Scherf was at practice stretching. Don't think you know at least not to the to the, to the session open to the media. I uh, don't think he was really practicing. Looking at probably either an, an LP or a, a DMP for Wednesday. Charles Leno Jr. was also on the side field uh, uh, stretching with trainers and working with trainers. So that's three starting offensive linemen um, that you're talking about either out or off the practice field or on the side field working with trainers. Um. So, yeah, definitely not a good look there. And then Ricky Seals Jones is still he's on the IR. So it's at least a week before he can come back. And then three of your top four wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin and Cam Sims, all also seen working with trainers today instead of practicing. So hmm. most likely DMPs or LPs for all of those guys, although you expect Terry McLaurin, you know, if if he can play, uh, he will play. But Curtis Samuel has been a totally other a uh, total different situation the entire time. So a lot of at least four starters, you you kind of look at this and just the ratios and the, and the odds that these guys are all going to come back. You're probably looking at four starters on the offense,
2: uh, including two possibly on the offensive line that are going to be out this Sunday. What, is, what has been the difference for Taylor Heineke this year? Because he has that that playoff game against Tampa Bay, uh, yeah. uh, and he looks like, hey, this this could be someone. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. We get five minutes of the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, yeah. and all of a sudden... He goes down. So wh- why why has what we saw, at least in the playoff game, not translated? Or is that one of those just fluky things? Like, these are all NFL players. They're all capable of having a good game here or there. Oh. The difference that separates the good from the great and the good from the not-so-good is consistency.
0: Right, yeah. And you just said it, consistency. That's exactly what's been escaping Taylor Heineke. And I'll, honestly, I think... I think it's the coaching staff getting into his head. I don't think they're intending to. I think everything they're saying is meant to be, you know, the best case scenario for Taylor Heineke. But uh, Ron Rivera talked about it after this last game, the loss against Kansas City Chiefs, asking why Taylor looked so conservative. Zero runs for that quarterback. And, you know, Washington is not really known for dialing up design quarterback runs anyway, but Taylor Heineke, part of what made him so electric uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs was his athleticism. And and part of some of his best plays this season have come with athleticism. Uh, But, He just he looked like he just was refusing to run the ball on Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs. And it just it takes away an entire part of his dynamic. And I think that's coaching staff basically telling him to be more patient, go through his reads, trust his guys to be there. And he's got that in his head. And he's essentially refusing to take off with the ball when the play breaks down. I think this weekend you'll probably see a little bit of a correction on that. And that's essentially the dynamic that we've seen with Taylor is he comes out and has a game. There's some good, there's some bad. And you kind of see an overcorrection the next week. Followed by a recorrection the following week. He's, you know, a lot of Washington fans have basically said he's a rookie quarterback. This will be his sixth career regular season start uh, in the National Football League. He's almost 29 years old, so that comparison is very accurate. However, again, you go back to the preseason buzz, and uh, you know it, it's not all on media and all fans. The team was also very excited for what they had coming in. They go out. You don't go out and get Curtis Samuel, keep uh, Terry McLaurin, get Deami Brown to have a boring, you know low-scoring, slow-paced offense. You go out there to try to stretch the field, spread out the defense, and they're not doing it, and a lot of it is because Taylor Heineke is trying to make everybody happy, and in my opinion, he's doing so at the expense of some of his intuition and his instincts on the football field that make him a good quarterback in the first place, and I think they need to get to a place where they're accentuating his instincts and teaching him how to use them along with football intelligence to make better plays. We just haven't seen that yet.
2: All right, a lot more to come here on our crossover edition. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why deal with the headache? Why deal with the questions that you probably don't know the answers anyway? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time, save money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could be going to a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. When you shop for auto parts, you don't know what they're supposed to cost. I don't know what they're supposed to cost. So why not go to a place where the prices are always reliably low for every customer. Everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. And when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you.
0: Back now here on this crossover to Thursday, previewing the Green Bay Packers hosting the Washington football team. Peter Bukowski and David Harrison here uh, talking about this contest. And Peter, um, I'm going to ask you first and foremost, which which storyline facing the Green Bay Packers or do the Green Bay Packers have coming into this game that you think is the focal point for this weekend?
2: Well, uh, hmm. the, the biggest story, full stop, is David Bakhtiari and whether or not he can play this season or mm-hmm. this, um, excuse me, this week. Um, I don't think it affects the outcome either way that much in terms of Elton Jenkins has played very good at left tackle. The interior has been solid, although there have been some some pass protection, just pass off mistakes, slide protections and mental errors, not physical errors. The the five that they're playing is actually extremely stout in that regard. Mm -hmm. But getting David Bakhtiari back, I think would allow the Packers to get back to an identity that they are more comfortable with. We saw it open the season. They're playing a lot more in empty to try and get chip releases and, and do some different kinds of things to get the ball out quickly and, and give their tackles some help when it's someone like Josh Nijman out there. But when you have Elton Jenkins, I, I think we saw in, in at, from the second quarter on in the Bears game, it was a lot more under center. Um, it was a lot more hard play action. It was a lot more downhill running with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I think that's going to be what they want to be. Mm-hmm. When they get David Bakhtiari back, I think then they become much more comfortable Playing in in whatever sorts of sets that they want to be in, whether it's empty, whether it's in shotgun, whether it's under center, I think they feel much more comfortable. Rogers, especially, turning his back to the defense on those hard play action plays and Mm -hmm. turning around, knowing, okay, everything in front of me is settled. I know that I'm not going to turn, and here's a 300 pound guy trying to take my head off as soon as I turn my head. That was not happening, but I think the intent and Matt Lafleur said as much earlier in the week. Hey. This is because we like the chip releases. We like these different things that we can do out of the protection. They took a sack on the second drive Mm -hmm. out of a blown coverage and empty. And and LaFleur admitted. It made me reconsider whether or not I wanted to live in empty. And guess what? After that, they didn't. I think that is going to be a continuation of, of what they do. But if Bakhtiari does come back, you're getting arguably the best left tackle in football. You're you're upgrading at left guard because Elton Jenkins gets to play at his better position, which is left guard. And you're you're solidified against one of the best, if not the best front in football.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's kind of where I want to go with this, is the injuries, especially along the offensive line. Um, You know, we saw the Chicago Bears, you know, coming into last weekend, uh, leading the league in in sacks and all that. And they definitely tried to get after Aaron Rodgers and to get to him, I think, a couple of times. How concerned are you with this? You know, we always talk about get right games. Right. And I go back to when Washington played the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen wasn't doing well yet. The defense wasn't doing well yet. And it's kind of like, okay, this is a get right game which side of the ball is going to get right. Well, this could possibly be. And I think we say this every week covering the Washington football teams. Like, is this the week (laughs) uh, that the Washington football team defense kind of clicks in and and kind of gets it in sync against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers with this offensive line a little bit banged up? I know that center uh, went out again. I don't know what his status is. And then, honestly, even looking at the other side of the ball, Darnell Savage, I know got banged up a little bit against the Chicago Bears. Again, I don't know what his status is right now. But how concerned are you about these injuries? Do you think that – if if you had to go to betonline.ag and put it put it put a bet on it is this is this an opportunity for Washington's defense to get right or do you
2: think the Packers can handle it with what they've got that's such a tough question because in in a vacuum look like i said looking at the roster when i was doing that before before we jumped on here like the talent is there for them to be really good and we saw them last year play well against as you mentioned inferior competition the problem is we just haven't seen anything even close to resembling competent play on the defensive side of the ball so far this season. So I find it hard to believe that an offense that is designed and called by Matt LaFleur, that is quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers, that is helmed by Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and has an offensive front that, even with injuries, has played pretty well over the course of the season, that this is a quote get right game. Now, do I think that the best path for Washington to win this game is their front dominating? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to paint a path, if I'm going to say, okay, what about Washington? And I'm, am I most Worried about if I'm the Packers. It is absolutely that that front is able to get after Rodgers, that they're able to stop the run, and then turn the Packers into a one-dimensional team where they can pin their ears back, and all of a sudden, it's Chase Young, it's Montez Sweat, it's Jonathan Allen, it's Teron Payne, it's all these, Matt Einite. I mean, the, the list goes on and on for them getting after Aaron Rodgers. That said, um, Lucas Patrick uh, played his best game, I think, of the season, played his best game in a long time, frankly. For the Packers, he was their highest graded offensive lineman, not by pro football focus, by the Packers. Matt LaFleur said as much after the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers praised him. Center is his best position. So if you're going to have a – I think he's he's probably the best backup center in the league among players whose positions are actually that. Like Elton Jenkins could slide to center and be really good. Man, there are some guards – who could probably play center right and be really good at it. But in terms of guys who's dedicated position is center, I think he's one of the best in the league. Yeah. And then Elton Jenkins, um, we assume if David Bakhtiari not out there, he's going to be the left tackle. I think you feel pretty good about that matchup. Billy Turner has been really good this season. And Rice Newman, when he's been able to just say, block that guy, he's been really good. Uh, Last week, he gave up two sacks on slide protections that he just blew. Right. It was just, he blew the assignment Aaron Rodgers said to the game that those were quote easy assignments. So it'll be interesting to see if David Bakhtiari does come back. Do you move John Runyon Jr. To left guard or from left guard to right guard or is Royce Newman who they just drafted is he viewed as the right guard of the future and of the now. And so you just sort of let him play through these things. These are interesting questions in a vacuum, but I think ultimately the result is this is a pretty good offensive line. They're going to be pretty good on Sunday. And so a get right game. I don't, I don't see that for for Washington. Although they, I do think that they could play well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could, you could definitely land somewhere in the middle. That's that's 100 possible. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and you mentioned the Green Bay Packers playing a little bit less empty, giving their offensive line a little bit more help against pass rushers, and that's something that the Washington defense has been seeing a lot of. Is a lot of help. Uh, Chase Young has been getting chipped. Montez Sweat's been getting chipped, and those those are things you come into the season kind of expecting, but they haven't been able to overcome it. Uh, something that we have seen the last two weeks with Washington defense though is giving the offense a chance. By stifling opposing offenses a little bit, keeping them from scoring too many points too soon to give Taylor Heineke and the Washington offense a chance to kind of take a lead. And like you mentioned, put the Packers in in an uncomfortable situation where the defense can now kind of predict easily what's coming because they're falling behind. Uh, honestly, the Chicago Bears had an opportunity to potentially put some points up against Green Bay Packers and put them in an uncomfortable position. Justin Fields, young quarterback and that offense, kind of still getting working. I see a lot of similarities between the Chicago Bears offense and this Washington offense wide receivers that you expect to be producing better than they are just because of their name and given talent. But young quarterback uh, offense, not clicking on all the cylinders. So I kind of think this could be a repeat game of last week from a Packers fan standpoint, You might watch this and say, didn't I just watch this game with different logos on the helmets? What do you see in Taylor Heineke? Because I know what I see, and I know we talked about a little bit. But what do you think the Packers are going to do to try to attack this offense and take advantage of yet another inexperienced quarterback coming in this week?
2: Well, I think very much a similar plan as you mentioned to what they did with Justin Fields. It's going to be a ton of two deep safeties. They did not blitz. They've been blitzing much more this year. The Packers have under Joe Barry than they did last year under Mike Patton. Patton became sort of obsessed with his four man rush because he was very good at getting one on ones for his guys and there were even some times they got pressure on three-man rushes where they had free rushers on three-man rushes because they showed six, Mm -hmm. and they fooled opposing offenses. I I do think we will see some of that, but I was actually kind of surprised at how passive the Packers played in terms of rush four, drop seven, and we dare you to make throws into tight windows. Justin Fields made a couple of those tight window throws. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I don't know that you can trust Taylor Heineke to make those same kinds of throws, um, and that's not a shot at, at Taylor. Justin Fields right. has pretty, pretty superlative arm talent yeah. and he's just going to make three or four wild throws a game. He made an, a ridiculous whole shot cover two throw. And it's just like, well, what is Eric spokes Stokes supposed to do? It's a beautiful throw yeah. be- between the corner and the safety. Allen Robinson makes a spectacular grab along the sidelines. Yeah. And it just is what it is. If Taylor yeah. Heineke makes a couple of those, you just got to say congrats. Like he's an NFL quarterback. He's going to do some of that. Mm-hmm. To your point earlier, I think where you you want to get him off his mark, same thing with Justin Fields. If you make him read out what's going on, if you make him get to two, to three, to four, and you're able to hem him in, that was a problem last week at times for the Packers with Justin Fields. They had everything covered up. Their coverage was awesome last week with backup, backup, backup corners, Eric Stokes and the safeties. Like, they did a really good job with Russell Douglas and Isaac Yadam after Yadam got benched. Um, Russell Douglas did a really good job along with Stokes and those safeties of covering everything up. And the linebackers have been playing well while Devondre Campbell has been playing really well in the middle of that defense. And after Fields got to his off his first read, he didn't know where to go. Yeah. And he took pressures, he threw some wobblers, um, you know, through the one interception, almost threw another one to no one. I yep. think that's going to be this the same kind of plan. Um, push the pocket, but don't get out of your rush lanes. Don't let him break the pocket and, and make some plays where his athleticism can do some things that you know your your defense needs to stay disciplined on. I think it's going to be a lot of rush four, a lot of drop seven, and make him read it out and hope that that's good enough, um, especially, as you mentioned, with the injuries at receiver. I think that's the best path, path forward here for this Packers defense.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you 100%, and, and I do expect to see Taylor try to use his athleticism a little bit more. Uh, this week than we had than we definitely did last week and even in, in some games previous. So. And, and
2: I do have to just say, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Kenny Clark yes. has been playing yeah. just killer football this season. And he, I mean, in the I, I, I still am sort of in awe of it because in the fourth quarter, he chased down Justin Fields twice in the fourth quarter yeah. of a game that he played I think 80% of snaps. He's he's three twenty if he's a pound, and he's out there running down Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. That that kind of play inside, especially if you're talking about backup offensive linemen, and they're 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 playing him more as a three tech, so they can run those those end tackle stunts, and all of a sudden he's looping around and he's got a backup tackle that he can just push into the quarterback's lap. Yeah. That's something that I think that 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 Washington is going to really have to reckon with. Rashawn Gary has been pushing pockets, not huge sack numbers, but he's been collapsing pockets with his speed to power. So it's going to be a pretty tall test. I think they can get home with four, which is why I think that's the reason why you play it that way.
0: Yeah, and that and that and that's perfect because that's the that guy who wasn't going to start talking about it. I think the Green Bay Packers have the ability to put enough pressure up over the middle or in the middle of the, of the pocket and get Taylor Heineke. If he does decide to stay conservative like he did against the Chiefs, uh, they're going to meet him with pressure. But then if he does decide to try to use his athleticism again, they're going to meet him with guys on the outside and the edge. And then, of course, he'll have a uh, limited space to operate downfield. And yeah, with those injuries, to the wide receiver, it could get a little bit hairy for that young quarterback. And, and I think that's where you saw Justin Fields kind of collapse a little bit last weekend. And, and yeah, a carbon copy almost to the letter uh, this weekend against the watch football team. Even better because it's in Lambeau uh, is probably going to be fairly effective. That's the route they go. I got to ask you this question it doesn't really pertain to this game specifically. Uh, look, Green Bay Packers are five and one. I don't think anybody looks unbeatable right now in this in this season. You know, even the undefeated sure. Arizona Cardinals have their flaws. Um, But Packers fans have to be wondering and every other fan of a of team that has a quarterback need is also wondering, is there a chance that this Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers relationship gets mended through winning if they continue to do so? Which I mean, I uh, you know, without more severe injuries, I you think you pretty much expect the Packers will definitely be in the tournament this year. Um, is that a possibility, or do you think the way that seems everybody outside Green Bay thinks, which is that he's back this year, and the deal is that they will let him go where he
2: wants to go next year? Well, it's, it is always interesting to hear that uh, all of the sourcing coming from other teams, other teams yeah. who might love to get their mitts on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh no, we think Aaron. No out. interior motives there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No. What's interesting is in in training camp. We talked about this on the show a little bit yesterday. In training camp, it was all. Well, next year, who knows? I'm just focused on the now. I'm focused on this season. I want to, We have a Super Bowl team. We want to go win a Super Bowl this season. I'm focused on this season, this season, right now, in the moment. And then he was asked, after the Bears game, how he felt about potentially playing his last game game at Soldier Field. Yeah, And he gave an honest answer. I'm, I've been calling it the season of honesty here in, in Packer land that he didn't think it was that he did not think this walking off the field. And he, he uh, illuminated a little bit more on the Pat McAfee show Mm -hmm. that he was walking off the field in in the locker room. He said, or he, yeah, on, on McAfee show, he said in the locker room, he was thinking, how is it going to feel to walk off the field? Is it going to feel final? Is it going to feel like this is it? Yeah. And he said, walking off the field, it didn't. And that he went and sought out Justin Fields and said, enjoy this. This is the best This rivalry is special. All that stuff, and it almost, like, I, I think you could read it as like, "Hey, let's do this." Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be around, embrace the rivalry, and let's run it back for you know a couple, you know, two or three more years. Like, let's do this. That was, that was sort of the impression that that I think me and a lot of people got about what he was saying. And again, this is this is a tone difference from what he was saying in camp. Right. I don't think it's a coincidence you go in and you rip out the hearts of your rivals. That's really fun, man. Like that's why we play the game is to be able to have those moments. And I think he probably walked out the field going, how am I supposed to, like, I don't, I don't like anything as much as I like beating the pants off this damn team. And so how could I walk away from that? Like, let's keep going. Let's do it. Like being around your teammates, all that stuff. I just, I, I think it has to change the way that you perceive uh, your your spot and and your just your feeling about the team like when you're when you're in the game when you're it's easy to be, have distance from it right and mm-hmm. say okay when you're when I'm in Malibu with Miles Teller and my fiance and his fiance and I'm jumping off waterfalls it's really easy to go yeah I don't need them but okay. then when you're in the moment you're in these battles you're beating down the Bears you're saying I still own you my whole life I owned you like come on you're Ugh. how can you not just be motivated and fueled by that like I just it would be it would be a human feeling for him to be affected by it, and I you know I think we've seen and he's he's let us see more and more that mm-hmm. he is human and he does think about these things, and so I, I I think absolutely it is the case that by the end of the season it could come out. Hey, Rodgers is is back in. You know he feels like the, his voice is being heard again, and you know he wants an extension. He wants to get this done. Jordan Love, you know we're already ESPN came out with a thing the other day. You know guys who could be traded uh guess who was on that list Jordan Love was on that list um from Rob Domofsky so I mean just just something something to think about
0: yeah absolutely I mean I think Washington fans would be way more excited to get Aaron Rodgers than they would be to maybe get like a Jordan Love in a trade during the offseason but I mean I can't deny anything you said there and I think we can all agree that Aaron Rodgers is doing or is having some of the most fun he's had I think playing football and I mean that if he does leave, though, honestly, the, the I own you and I've owned you my whole life moment there towards the end of that game is kind of a classic way to leave that rivalry. But I I uh the football appearance in me does not want to see Aaron Rodgers ever wear any other colors than the Green Bay Packers colors. So that's where I'm gonna stand on this. And whether or not Aaron's back next year, football is gonna be back, we're gonna be back. Betonline.ag, you can bet is also going to be back. They're back this year. They've got an all new web interface. And for the start of basketball season, there's even more props, props odds, and lines than ever before Bet online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. So head over to betonline.ag. If you haven't already signed up, make you for you make your first deposit. And when you do use a promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Whether you're looking for basketball, football, baseball, postseason action, hockey is back boxing UFC. They've even got Vegas casino games, literally a little bit of everything you could possibly want. Don't wait, take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: Alright, we are finishing up here on this Packers Washington football team crossover. So, let's get into some, some keys here, David. Uh, when, you, when you look at the, the matchups yeah. what is the roadmap i gave you mine what is the roadmap for you so okay washington they come in eight and a half nine points whatever it's going to be i've seen it at 10 in yeah. terms of of the lines <laughs> what is the roadmap for washington to spring the upset or at least keep this close
0: yeah, you got to stop the run. I think first and foremost, you have to stop the run. You got to put the Packers, you know, off schedule. You got to make them, you know, third and third, third and three or more minimum is, is, is what you have to have the Packers. And even that third and five actually might be a better target uh, if you want to have have some success. Uh, pressure Aaron Rodgers. We talked about the defensive line maybe having a get-right game. Um, they, don't, they don't necessarily have to have a lot of sacks. They just they need to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, not let him come back there. Uh, have all time to figure out what he wants to do. Don't give Devontae Adams time. Uh, to connect with his quarterback, you know, any more time they already have, and then keep the short gains short. And I think that's really the biggest thing, and that's something that I think the Chicago Bears did fairly well early on in that game, which kind of kept them in the fight and gave their offense opportunities to perhaps put some points on the board that they they weren't able to take advantage of. And that comes down to tackling. And last weekend we might have seen the worst tackling performance uh, from this Washington football team defense than I've ever seen from them easily. And honestly, maybe the worst tackling performance I've ever seen from a defense in just one single game. And remember, I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for eight seasons, so I've seen some bad tackling defenses uh, in my time covering football. Uh, they've got to keep the short game short. You know, Aaron is not afraid to take a two-yard dump off. Uh, Aaron Jones is not afraid to, to take what he can get and go down and, and live for the next play. They've got to let them take them. If, if Washington gives Aaron Jones three guys to go through before they make a tackle, it's it's going to be over before it starts.
2: So you mentioned stopping the run. Uh, The the Washington football team, one of the things they actually have done relatively well so far this season defensively is stop the run. They are 12th stopping the run in DVOA, but 28th stopping the pass, and and that is a big deal. Coincidentally, uh, Indianapolis, who's right behind them in DVOA, is the number one rushing defense in the league by DVOA, and um, they are the fourth worst total defense in the league, which tells you everything you need to know about how important stopping the run is uh, in the NFL. To me, that is that is huge. If the Packers can run the ball, and they did it last week against a pretty good Bears front, both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon averaged over five yards per carry. Um, if they can do that, I just don't see how Washington can stop them, given given the miscommunication issues that they've had in the secondary, um, given the injuries that they have in the secondary, and given that no one has been able to have answers for Devontae Adams. I, I just don't know what answers Washington would have if they can't stop the run. Like They have to stop the run. To 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 keep the Packers under thirty, if they can't, they're the 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 Packers are just going to score like every time they have the ball. I think. I mean, it's not 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 really not literally, but it's one of those things. Like God. that's that's <laughs> the that's the game to me. So, I like this game. I think Washington's going to be able to score some points, uh, especially in the second half. Um, the Packers have come out slow in some of these games. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this is another one of those games where it's like 10, 10, seven after a quarter. Um, that, that was the case for the chiefs, right? They, they actually had a halftime lead, I believe. Right. Yep. Um, and, and then the wheels just came off. They couldn't score in the second half and the chiefs started scoring in the second half. Right. Um, the chiefs are, the Packers are also not going to turn the ball over three times. Um, they, they don't, they just don't, they just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have this game 31 to 20.
0: Yeah, and and I've gotten, you know, last time we looked at batonline.ag, the Packers were nine and a half point favorites. You start talking about getting into double digit deficits as as an underdog. And that's that's Houston Texans area. That's Jacksonville Jaguars territory. You don't want to be there. and Unfortunately, that's where Washington put themselves with some some bad performance and talk about the turnovers. And yeah, I I agree. Out of the three takeaways that they had last weekend against Kansas City Chiefs, really two of them were giveaways. One was off of Tyreek Hill's hands. The other one was a bad snap that Patrick Mahomes made uh, a throw that I don't think I'd ever seen Patrick Mahomes or would have imagined he would have made in the first place. Um, yeah, so, I mean, give him credit for the one takeaway. You know, Cole Holcomb did punch it out there, and, and Cam Curl fell on the ball, so that's great. But, again, this is a different animal. The Green Bay Packers are not struggling the way the Kansas City Chiefs are coming to this either. Uh, nine and a half that's is a, a wild is a, thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Nine and a half is a pretty good spread, I feel like. I think the, I think the, the books have it uh, right. I've got Green Bay winning as well, 27 to 17. Would love to give watch football team fans, you know, the the benefit of of hearing their hosts pick them to win, and I know they want us to, uh, but I got I got to be honest. That's what we tell our listeners: you're going to get the truth from us. You're not going to get fandom. You're going to get the truth. And I I just don't see uh, how this Washington team comes out of the victory in Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers the way they're playing. Uh, but I tell them every week too: every week is an opportunity for this team to figure it out and put it together. When it clicks, it's going to click in kind of a moment, not really over the span of a couple of weeks. You're just going to suddenly see a better team if they get there. If this is it, then we'll see. But
2: twenty-seven seventeen is how I'm going to see it coming into it. The good news for Washington is they play the Eagles twice at the end of the season, and those are well, sure. those are good opportunities for Dubs. Um, that I think that that about does it for us. Uh, appreciate everyone who has made uh, Locked On Packers and Locked On Washington Football Team their first listen of the day. Uh, a lot more to come every day, every week. After we on Locked Podcast Network, we will t- see you and talk to you all. Next week.